Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. It's that time of night, you can't stay uptight So come and join the people and I'm feeling alright Here on Overnight America Overnight America This is the part where Ryan would go, oh yeah, Doug and Donna Welcome to Overnight America, Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker, hey, by the way, catch Ryan, I guess we could call it Ryan in the Morning on 97.1. Uh, he's filling in for Ryan Cox tomorrow, or Mark Cox tomorrow. Listen to me, it's late. Uh, he's filling in for Mark Cox tomorrow morning from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. tomorrow. So right now, I promise you, Ryan is not listening to see how badly I'm butchering his show because he's asleep. At least he better be because he's got to get up at O-Dark 30 tomorrow. And so while he's filling in over there, I'm filling in for him here tonight and tomorrow night. So thanks for staying up late with us here on St. Patrick's Day. Well, listen, if you're outside or been outside for St. Patrick's Day tonight, you're wet. Uh, It's been raining most of the evening tonight. So uh, uh, hopefully you are uh, nice and warm and dry and sober after a, an exciting St. Patrick's Day as we move back towards reopening the planet. But the best way, the best way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, I think, is to hear from our own Kevin Colleen as he talks to folks here around Camo X who are Irish, who have an Irish background, and he gives us the perspective that only Kevin Colleen can give. When Irish eyes are smiling I was talking with KMOX anchor Sean Michael Lyle about growing up Irish, and he observed that Irish people are very good at expressing their thoughts. He said when he was a boy, he would be called upon to stand in the living room before his parents and tell a story or a joke. This is what Sean does all day long in the newsroom when he's not writing up a newscast. We have a lot of Irish people in the air at KMOX. Charlie Brennan is a a smoking factory of words and stories. Perhaps only an Irishman could have written his latest book, Only in St. Louis, which reads like the kind of short punchline yarns that you'd hear at O'Connell's if you were huddled in a booth with four Irishmen over beer. Brian Patrick Kelly is another Irish talker who wandered into journalism. He sits beside me at KMOX, and he's very passionate about hockey and politics and cooking meat in a smoker. But he also has a scholarly side, and he has done no small research on fermented products called dragon's milk. 
And while springtime... Michael Kelly of Hancock & Kelly is also very Irish. He remembers the snake-shaped bread and the two raisins for eyes at his mother's dinner table, and he likes to debate. Sometimes he sounds like he's in the Irish Parliament as his face gets red and he's debating with Hancock about some torrent of reasons why his side is right, while Hancock will just, he's not Irish, he'll just deflect and go to a weather report. Usually on St. Patrick's Day, I find myself in the staging area for the Ancient Order of Hibernians Parade. The floats all lined up on the zoo side of Highway 40 at Tam Avenue. There are always grandparents and parents and school kids taken out of school so they can learn more. They seem like a cheerful group, these Irish, and I wish that I could be more like them. I feel that I'm more of what they call the black Irish with the black hair, but also sort of a dark mood. You see, when the Spanish invaded one side of Ireland, they made their contribution to the Irish character. And as a black Irishman, I am always prepared to be melancholy. Maybe the Spanish soldiers were sad that they were had to leave home and go invade Ireland. They really didn't want to be there. And they left behind that temperament of perceiving that something is missing, something is just not right. And so, while everyone else is out drinking and celebrating and chortling down corned beef and cabbage today, I might feel a little detached from the mirth. I'll probably be thinking, what's the use of all this, you Irish people? We all still have to go to work in the morning. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. And when Irish eyes are smiling, shall they steal your heart away? The jewel of X, Kevin Colleen, sharing uh, a story about uh, St. Patrick's Day that only Kevin can tell. Hey, how are you celebrating St. Patrick's Day? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. 314-436-7900. That's call or text Phone lines are open here on Camo X. Brad Young, we're going to take a break here. We'll be right back on Overnight America. Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons. And on Cardinals Open Live, sponsored in part by T.R. Hughes Homes. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about all kinds of issues tonight. But one issue I want to get to, uh, and uh, and I'm going to bring in uh, producer Mike here in a few minutes, but, but sports betting. You know, right now I try to follow bills that are filed in Jefferson City because it impacts my, my law practice for obvious reasons. And one of the bills that I saw today would legalize just just generally legalized sports betting in Missouri, just like it uh, over in Illinois, it was legalized uh, across the board this past year. So then I started looking into this a little bit more. 14 states currently allow sports betting, including Illinois. And this year I found that 19 states are considering legalizing sports betting across the board. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big potential increase in sports betting. And New York and Texas are the biggest potential prizes for companies like DraftKings or FanDuel. And uh, in just looking across here at some of these numbers, 
Uh, it looks like that Illinois right now for DraftKings is the largest state for revenue for sports betting for DraftKings. And and that's that's an amazing stats when you consider that Illinois only legalized it this past year. And let's let's be clear. Uh, we know why this stuff gets legalized. It's because the states need revenue. They need money. And I think that this this need for additional revenue is the single largest factor that's driving this. So I wanted to bring in Mike because Mike's a big uh, producer. Mike's a big uh, sports fan. I know you're you're involved in fantasy sports leagues, right? Yep, yep. Play uh, fantasy hockey and fantasy baseball. So have you ever dabbled with sports betting? Because I've never done any sports betting at all. Um, you know, other than, you know, bet your buddy 20 bucks on the outcome of the World Series or something. But, I mean, actual formal sports betting. Is that something that you've done? Uh no, I actually, the only time I tried was I was in uh, Denver this, well, when I broke my arm in December, I was out in Colorado <laughs> and uh, it is legal out there. So we were watching a football game and my friends who live out there were uh, playing fan duel, I believe. And uh, I was going to sign up just for that night to make the game a little more interesting because mm-hmm. I didn't have much interest in the football game, but that would have made it more exciting. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it was like jumping through too many hoops to get signed up before a kickoff. So I just abandoned it. So long story short, no, I've never really done the, uh, fan duel or draft Kings. Nothing, nothing more than just, you know, um, a bracket pool or mm-hmm. like you said, making a, making a fun wager with a friend. Yeah. I mean, that's all that I've ever done, but, but what, do you have any particular thoughts on it? Because, you know, you follow sports very closely, far more than I do. I mean, I'm a Cardinals fan, but I don't follow sports anywhere close uh, as much as you do. D- do you see any negative consequences to sports betting, whether it comes to if, if you could bet on uh, like March Madness or betting on those games or betting on pro games? Do, I mean, do you have a problem? I'm not talking about the morality of gambling. I'm talking about the impact that it might have on sports or games themselves, do you see a potential downside to that? Sure. I mean, uh, the downside I fear that I know is coming is it's really going to make the the broadcasts um, awkward and really just not as enjoyable from a pure sports standpoint for me because uh, I probably won't, um, even when it comes to Missouri, I probably still won't be gambling on it. And I know that these broadcasts are going to shift to more of a, a gambling-centric um, mm-hmm. Perspective, like for instance, I had um, a hockey, a national hockey game on tonight, and I noticed in pregame they were giving the the odds that a Rangers player would score in tonight's game. Uh, and from a pure sports standpoint, I just, I don't know. I think it's boring and pathetic. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's it's not very good analysis or not not why you're tuning in. Doesn't have to do with the love of the game. So I worry about it from a broadcast perspective. I hope that. Uh, you know, with Bally's takeover of Fox Sports, that that they're able to fight that enough, and you won't hear, you know, Dan McLaughlin giving out odds for Tommy Edmond getting a double here. Yeah, you know, that's the thing because I, when I'm not listening to Cardinals games uh, on Camel X, which I do often, I do occasionally watch them on on what used to be Fox Sports Midwest. And you're exactly right. Now it's going to be Bally Sports, and that shows the impact of gambling uh, on how it's 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 coming into all areas of sports because this is going to get more and more. And my concern on it is, and even from, you mentioned it, a great analysis from the broadcast standpoint, but even from uh, uh, the player execution, you know, we, we saw uh, 
I mean, you don't have to. I wasn't around, obviously, when there was the big Black Sox scandal 100 years ago. But the 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 temptation for sports bettors to to make money based upon how a player performs on any given day, that could certainly be impacted by sports betting. And I, I just have a, I do have a concern with that. And I, I'm concerned about it affecting the game because when I'm watching the game, it's not to win a hundred bucks. It's because I love the game. Right. I, and, and to me, it's, it's cheapens the game, even though some people say, Oh, it makes it more exciting to bet on it. But if you're watching it just to win a hundred bucks or 500 bucks or whatever it is you have bet on the game, I don't think you're enjoying the game in the same way as you are or as I am when we're watching a game for pleasure. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, to each their own. Um, but are are you saying you're you're worried that uh, it it could even affect the players? Like people making bets could effectively re. I mean, are, well, yeah. We, we, the the best example of that's Pete Rose. I right. Mean, that's it's, the whole. Okay. Reason. So that's exactly what I was trying to say. Are you worried that 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 could come more into play now. Absolutely. I mean, the the whole issue, and that's a raging issue that, of course, every sports fan has an opinion on about whether Pete Rose should be or should not be in the Hall of Fame. But the bottom line is, at least the 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 preponderance of the evidence is, is that he was betting on baseball. And I don't think he's ever admitted to it, but that's the evidence demonstrates, I think, that he was betting on baseball and uh, maybe not his own games. But if... If he has an outcome in a game, he could put in a player that that isn't going to do as well in order to win a bet. I mean, I just see that as a as a big temptation that could be out there uh, that wouldn't be there but for the prevalence of sports betting. Yeah, I mean that that is a possibility. Um, I think that's always been a possibility. I mean, there's obviously gambling that's always gone on, of whether course, or not it's always above board or not. Um, you know, the biggest sport in the world, uh, European soccer, has had multiple gigantic issues with the entire with FIFA, the Federation of mm-hmm. International Football Association. I think that's what it stands it for. Is. I'm not it, exactly sure, but um, you know, those issues have always been there. So I don't know. I, I guess there's a chance that it could um, that it could multiply those that possibility. But I don't know. From my peer. From my perspective, I'm really just worried about the broadcast. Yeah, I can can see your point because it could certainly negatively impact the broadcast. One other issue that I have with sports betting is the same issue that I have with legalized marijuana. And I'll tell you what this is. Because as states start to depend on that revenue, in essence, they become addicted to the revenue from an activity that is potentially unhealthy. And if they're if they're dependent upon that, and then people gamble less, now all of a sudden governments have a shortfall. Best example is Alton, Illinois, or East St. Louis is a better example. East St. Louis, Illinois, they depend at one point fifty percent, as I recall, of the city revenue for the city of St. Louis was dependent upon the Casino Queen. And once people started gambling less at the Casino Queen, the revenues at the city hall plummeted so that was not a stable tax base because it wasn't good for a lot of low-income people to go and gamble away their social security checks and have the city depend upon their lack of financial integrity by gambling away money that they probably should have been investing in groceries or housing. And yet the, the city is dependent upon that money, 
even though it's coming from a questionable source. The same way with marijuana, same way with legalizing drugs, the same way with legalizing prostitution, the so-called sin taxes. I just have a problem with governments uh, uh, becoming addicted to activity that generally can most of the time be considered unhealthy. But your point was one that I had not really thought of, which is how sports betting could impact broadcast television and broadcast radio. Yeah, and even to counter what you just said, I'm I'm a bigger I'm I have always been more worried about pretty much the opposite of what you just said. I'm more fearful of the government deciding what is unhealthy and what isn't. I mean, you that, could That's your that's that that is the true libertarian I mean, you view, eat yeah. too much fast food, yep. you're going to die. You fall I off know. a tall building, you're going to die. Like <laughs> you can find danger anywhere. Sure. Why can't you responsibly you know, dip your toe into a couple bets every night yep. as long as you're not, you know, getting yourself into trouble. And the, and the best example of that's like the nanny state in New York where they wanted to ban big gulps and ban large side sodas. It's like, you know what, if I want to get a large soda, who are you, government, to tell me I can't drink a large soda? I, you know, I, I hear you. I see both sides of that particular issue, and it's one that we will have to face because I think this bill will come up in the state of Missouri this year, and there's a good chance, I guess you could say, we could bet on whether it would pass or not, but that would be a cheap <laughs> joke. But uh, <laughs> we would the, never do that. The odds are good that it would pass, uh, but I think that actually, in all likelihood, it probably will pass because it would generate more revenue for the state, and the states are involved with that. Hey, speaking of money, we're coming up here on a break. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk to David Nicholas. He's the financial writer, uh, financial journalist for the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and we're going to talk to David Nicholas about issues of COVID how COVID has affected financial trends in both our region and in the nation, and how things that we thought would get back to normal really might just stay the way they are uh, once we become uh, uh, more vaccinated and the COVID issue becomes less critical. But the, the trends that were started during COVID may last longer than COVID itself. Brad Young filling in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. Don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Gosh and Begora, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I would do an accent, but it would sound really bad. 
Hey, I would sound like when they try to do uh, uh, impressions sometimes on SNL and they can't do the, the voices. That would be me because I can't do it. Anyway, welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in tonight and tomorrow night for Ryan Recker. And this has been obviously an, an enormous uh, year of change during the past 12 months. So to talk about how things are changing and maybe even changing permanently uh, in terms of finance and the economy. I wanted to turn to my good friend, David Nicholas. He's the financial reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, David, welcome to KMOX. Happy St. Pat's, Brad. Well, I hope you haven't been celebrating too much this evening. No, uh, you can still no. talk with us, I hope. Oh, I'm fine. I do, yeah. Nothing stronger than tea, yeah. Okay, good. Well, uh, excellent. I appreciate you making time for us tonight. We were supposed to have this a little bit earlier, but because of the game, thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, sure. You you wrote an intriguing article this week, David, in the, in the Post-Dispatch, where you raise what I think is an interesting and a fascinating idea. From the perspective of the business world, you know, some things are just not going to return to the way it was uh, uh, because we're all talking about when are things going to get back to normal. But your idea here is is that the way things are, at least in some instances now, it might become the, the new normal. And first you mentioned w- remote working. You know, folks are working from uh, home. Is this something that's here to stay? Oh, I think in large measure it is. Uh, um, Ford just uh, told 30,000 of its employees this week that they will, you know, they will be able to work remotely uh indefinitely at least at least much of the time i mean uh and uh target just let a bunch of its office space go in downtown minneapolis for the same reason they just they realize that not everybody's going to come back to the office well you know most things in life aren't black and white but really shades of gray and so do you yeah. see large segments of the workforce you know just working from home or, or do you also see maybe some type of hybrid scenario where folks can work at home sometimes and work in the office at, at other times? I think I think for most companies it's going to be a hybrid uh, approach. They they're going to they're going to want everybody there maybe a, you know a couple days a week for so they can have uh, uh, team meetings and you know discuss projects, do do brainstorming or or whatever. Um, and uh, you know, and mentor the uh, you know the, the newer employees, those those sort of things. But uh, on on the days when they just you know, need to put their head down and work on a project, they'll say you're you're just fine at home. Well, what, of course, we're talking to David Nicholas, the financial reporter for the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and and David, you know, in my law practice, I represent companies. Uh, and employers in employment law. That's what I do. And so mm-hmm. even though my, my clientele isn't necessarily a, a snapshot of the country, my clients who've had uh, employees working from home, at least partially, if not totally, during the past year, have told me that from their perspective, productivity has either stayed the same or in, even in some instances, it has gone up. But what are you seeing in terms of trends are people just as productive working from home as they are in the office? I, I think on the whole, they they are uh, you know at least as productive if if not if not more so. I mean, uh, so, some you know employees might be uh, you know willing to you know put a, a few extra minutes or even hours in you know uh, the days if if they have uh, you know some flexibility because they're they're at home and they can you know they can pop out to uh, you know to the 
other room to, to uh, attend to the, the kids uh, or, or whatever for a few minutes, then come back. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Employees value that flexibility. So I, I, th- and I think uh, the ability to offer remote work will be an, you know, a, a big uh, recruiting tool. Good point. It'll, it'll help, you know, yeah, help companies attract good employees. But but there's a difference, isn't there, in the type of workers who do best working from home? I mean, for example, compare workers who maybe, oh, I don't know, analyze numbers or generate yeah. reports. I mean, those folks may be good at working from home, but what about creative employees or folks who, who need collaboration with other coworkers or even employees who meet with clients? I mean, working from home isn't necessarily tailored for everyone, is it? No, no. I, and I, I talk to some employers who, you know, think their their client facing employees will probably be back in the office, uh, you know, at least at least much of the time. And uh, their their creative teams that you know, if, if you've got a, you've got uh, maybe a, if say you're an ad agency, you've got a word person and an artist, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, maybe a you know subject matter expert. Uh, they 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 need to uh, collaborate. That's easier to do in 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 person, or at least when you're in close proximity. You don't have to you know set up a Zoom meeting and uh, you know get, coordinate calendars and and everything every every time you need to uh, to pop over to talk to uh, to your, your your teammate. Good point. Good point on that. And as I think about these issues and thought about them a lot today, David, you know, it occurred to me that. Economics is a chess game, and it's not a checkers uh-huh. game because we have to look oh. multiple moves ahead. But if, if this new normal means that fewer people are working in office buildings, how is this going to impact industries like the restaurant business or even commercial real estate market? I mean, both of those I- industries rely on revenue from people working in offices, don't they? Oh, oh right. I, I would not want to be an investor in office real estate right now. I think, uh, you know, as as companies' leases come up, they're they're going to be re- reevaluating how much space they need and and the the kind of space they need. Um, I, I think you'll you'll see I think you'll see a lot of companies deciding to do what Target did and you know, and and downsize. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll still need an office, but they won't need as much mm-hmm. space as they had before. And uh, yeah, for uh, for. Uh, areas like you know downtown areas, I, I think it, it will have uh, have some effect on the on the the, the restaurants and the other businesses that uh, that, that catered to uh, workers. Yeah, you gave Target as an example. I know I deal a lot with the law firm of Brown and Crouppen, and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, because I'm always on the other side of Brown and Crouppen, oh. <laughs> but uh, but the folks who work there have told me that they've eliminated, I think, one of the floors that they use at the Metropolitan Life Building because they've got so many oh, really? employees who are now working from home. So it's a it's a, it's a a national trend, but also a, a local trend as well. And, of course, we're talking to David Nicholas, the financial reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, the second point that you made in your article this week that I thought was intriguing uh, is that travel will likely yeah. have a long-term impact, business travel. Describe how that impact is going to work. Well, I think to, to some extent, uh, you know, business people, salespeople and customer service uh, representatives and so on are eager to get back on the road and touch base with, you know, the, the customers they haven't seen in person for a year. Uh, and and there will always there will always need to be some of that travel. But I, I think the uh, the company's also realizing that, hey, uh, using technologies like Zoom or Microsoft Teams worked pretty well for a lot of uh 
a lot of what they used to travel for, um, you know, industry conferences or, or, or training uh, and, th- and things like that can uh, can happen pretty well online. And they could even, uh, you know, even sort of increase the uh, the uh, audience size for, uh, for, for, for those things. Uh, well, pretty pretty effectively. Well, one of the businesses business sectors that was very critical to to the St. Louis region pre-pandemic was the convention business, the convention yeah. industry. Do you see that being impacted here on a long-term basis? I think it's going to be slow to come back. Yeah, I I I, I do think there'll be a, a long-term impact. I think some uh, you know some meetings that uh, used to happen uh, in person will you know maybe go permanently online i think that there's still uh, a lot of the, the the big conventions and trade shows will will uh will come back though i think uh you know if it's the uh, kind of the annual gathering for uh for your your industry um then it's it's uh it's probably something where you do want to meet uh your your mm-hmm. your colleagues and your business contacts in in person you know at, at, at those uh it does very big shows, but you know, a lot of the you know sort of the the uh, the, the the second tier you know smaller meetings uh, will will probably uh, not all come back. So yeah, that, I, I don't see uh, I don't see the uh, the square dancing convention wanting to to have their convention via Zoom. So uh, hopefully they're gonna no, keep no. coming back here to St. Louis. Hey, in the in the few seconds we have left, David, uh, in order to succeed and thrive, I mean, from my perspective, American businesses have to be more flexible than a yoga instructor. So yeah. I mean, do you see these COVID related adaptations as yet another example of American corporate flexibility? Oh, it is, and yeah, flexibility and ingenuity. I, I, I mean, I think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know, businesses uh, you know, adapted pretty pretty quickly and successfully, and you know, kept their employees safe and productive. Um, it, it actually may make uh, a lot of them more more profitable uh, going going forward. Very good, uh, out, David uh, yeah. Nicholas. Hey, financial reporter for the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Thanks for joining us this evening on KMOX. My pleasure, Brad. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. And uh, as I mentioned, I've been filling in for Ryan tonight. I'll be filling in for Ryan tomorrow night. And make sure that you check Ryan. If you want to hear Ryan in the morning... Uh, He'll be filling in for Mark Cox uh, tomorrow and Friday morning from 5 a.m. That's in five hours from now until 9 a.m. on 97.1, our sister station, 97.1. So make sure you check out Ryan in the morning uh, tomorrow filling in for uh, Mark Cox. Uh, Whenever I was talking to Dave Nicholas, uh, we were talking a little bit about conventions. And, you know, I was reminded of a story where uh, my office building, uh, when my law firm used to be in uh, right across the street from the convention center downtown, I was at Seventh and Washington for 20 years, and in that building we were on the 23rd floor, and our conference room office looked out north on on Washington Avenue, and it overlooked exactly looking down on the convention center, and we had a great panoramic view because we had the entire floor. And 
uh, a funny story, and I was just thinking about this whenever after we finished talking to David Nicholas, was I was there at working late one night when uh, President Bush, George W. Bush, 43, was speaking at the convention center. And so I'm I'm in the office. I'm in our I'm in our conference room, looking out of our windows, and I see on the building across the street to the west. I look at the top of the building, and it's just about dusk. You know, it's light enough where you can see, but it's starting to get dark. And as I'm looking at the building, I see a sniper on the roof of the building across the street from the convention center, and he's got his binoculars, and on his back is a sniper rifle, and but he's got both of his hands on these binoculars. Well, I love to watch airplanes. I love to watch aircraft. And so I've always kept binoculars in my office because it's nice to look out my office window occasionally and check out the aircraft. So I had my binoculars, and I was looking at the all of the stuff going on because the president was going to be speaking across the street. And so as I'm looking through my binoculars at the sniper, the sniper looks at me through his binoculars. So the two of us are staring at each other in binoculars. And then all of a sudden, the sniper puts his binoculars down and he takes his index and index finger and his thumb with his right hand and he points it at me like it's a pistol. And he moves his thumb in a manner to say, Brad, if I wanted to shoot you, you would be dead. And he just kind of mimicked shooting me with a pistol with his hands. And then he goes back to his security duties. And I took that to say, Brad, you need to put the binoculars down and get out of the windows because the snipers are watching you. So I, I, uh, I quickly left the uh, office and I went home. And I did not uh, get the binoculars out anymore that evening. Uh, so that was when I was across the street from the convention center. Uh, I was just reminded of that story as I was listening, or I was, rather as we were talking to Dave Nicholas about the convention business. One other quick story I wanted to mention in the news before we, we uh, end the show this evening. And, of course, make sure you stay tuned for the next two hours. We'll be doing the replay of, uh, of our show in the 9 o'clock and the 10 o'clock hours. Those will be from midnight to 2 a.m., so don't go away. There's uh, lots more fun and laughs during the next two hours. Uh, but the last story I wanted to mention tonight uh, isn't a, a groundbreaking story in any way, but I thought it was interesting, and you'll see why in just a moment. Uh, the Wisconsin State Patrol shared a photo today where a trooper pulled over of uh, an SUV that had no seats in the SUV. The driver was sitting in a bag chair. He was sitting in a camping chair driving his SUV. And so they gave him a ticket uh, uh, for operating a vehicle without a seat. I didn't even know that was a crime to operate a vehicle without a seat, but apparently it was, and the guy got ticketed. And uh, But I want, what I'm wondering is, did he get ticketed for failure to wear a seatbelt? Because I don't think you can wear a seatbelt if you're driving in a bag camping chair operating your SUV. I'm not sure that work, how that works. Uh, but any, in any event, uh, that was probably the first time that Trooper ever pulled a car over that had no seats. Hey, Brad Young filling in this evening for Ryan Recker. Don't forget to sleep with the radio on. We'll be back tomorrow night. 
Thanks for listening to Camo X. My heart beats with the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.